Hey there, top teachers. We know that these are crazy times, and we truly hope that you and your loved ones are well. The episode that you are about to listen to was pre-recorded, and while you may not be in your classroom right now, many of these strategies can be applied to your home. Just remember that these episodes will be around for you when you do get back into your class. So take notes, and we hope that you enjoy this episode and stay safe. Stay home. Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Foray and Bridget Speckman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Today's episode is something I'm sure has been on a lot of your minds, and that is spring cleaning. We are going to help you spring into organization. Do you see what we did there? We are going to share with you some of your classroom spring cleaning must-dos. So if you only do a little bit of spring cleaning in your classroom. These are the things that are absolute musts. So before we jump into that, let's go ahead and look at our TSH from Sarah. And she says, I teach high school math and am responsible for finding songs to play before school. I play one every morning over the PA system before the bell rings. Sounds like you guys have a really fun school. I find myself getting sucked into the land of searching for school appropriate songs quite often, which typically leads to unnecessary karaoke dance sessions with my own children at home. Sarah, girl, you sound like a good time. Yes, you do. And we picked this TSH not because it has anything to do with our episode today because it has zero to do with it. But we just laughed out loud when we read this because I think we've all have had those times where we get sucked down into a rabbit hole, whether it's searching for songs or searching for something else. And the further you go down, the less productive you become. So Sarah, we totally understand your struggle. Now, I know we have all had those moments where we get like those impulses where we just want to clean everything in sight from our closets to our drawers to everything that's inside of the tubs to your desks. It happens. And this typically actually happens to me during testing time because I'm having to walk up and down these rows actively monitoring. And I'm saying that with little air quotes, actively monitoring. And I start thinking about all the things that I want to do. And I'm like, ooh, I really need to clean out that closet. Or, ooh, man, that's really, really messy. And now I need, really need to focus on that because I have nothing else better to do but then just like overanalyze everything that's happening in my classroom. Bridget, I know exactly what you're talking about. Our spring testing season has not started yet. Ours is actually in May. It's kind of late. But I remember from years past, I would be walking around my room and I'd have those same impulses to just move everything around. And this stems from me being a somewhat impulsive person, at least with decisions like this. Growing up as a kid, I would randomly decide to reorganize my room. And even more recently, when I was in college, I had a roommate. I actually had two roommates. And one of them moved out. And she had the master bedroom, which was the biggest bedroom. And when she moved out, the other roommate was like, hey, if you want to move in there, you can. And I was like, okay, I'll think about it. And this was at, I don't know, 10 p.m. Well, by 3 a.m., I was pushing my mattress across the apartment and moving it into the that new bedroom. <laughs> and I've done the same thing in my classroom. I've gotten these impulses to just change things up and I will move around everything. I'll move my desk. I'll change what I have in the cabinets. I'll move around my drawer units just because I want something new and something fresh. 
Now, before we jump into those absolute must-dos for your spring cleaning, I want to make it very clear that you do not have to do this alone because I know there are a lot of people out there that they think about having to go through their classroom, whether it be that you've just collected a lot of things over the years or you've inherited a lot of things over the years from other teachers. You feel very overwhelmed and I know that it can be almost a, an anxiety trigger for some people. So, don't feel as though you have to do any of these steps alone. You can absolutely recruit friends and family to come in and help you out. And if you don't have any family members that live near you, for example, my closest family member is like almost two hours away, then you can also recruit coworkers and you can almost approach it from a, hey, if you help me, then I'll help you. <laughs> and that way you have company while you're doing these steps and that just makes it a little bit more fun. And you can also recruit your students. A lot of these tips and ideas that we're going to give you, you could definitely have students help you with. So let's jump right into the first area we believe you need to spend time spring cleaning is your teacher supplies. So when we talk about clearing out supplies, the first thing you wanna think about is clearing all the unwanted items. This means the pins, the markers that don't work, the scraps of papers, the letters, the random stickers that you only have like one of. These are the things that you just don't need to have, but you've been storing them inside of your drawers. And we mentioned having students help you students love to test pens and markers. You give them a sheet of paper, you give them all of your pens and markers, and you're like, all right, you're gonna take the cap off, you're gonna try it. If it works, you're gonna put it back here, and if it doesn't, you're gonna throw it away. And that is a task that you don't have to do yourself. You can recruit help for that. Now, another item that you can do is to wipe down the inside of each of the supply areas that you have, including the sorting bins. So I personally like to dump everything out of the bins, and then I will use just a Clorox wipe just to wipe everything down. And guys, it is the most satisfying feeling having it all nice, clean, and shiny, and it just smells so, so good. Something I started doing this year is actually keeping a small handheld vacuum in my classroom so that I can vacuum out the inside of drawers, especially because some of my drawers I can't remove, like they don't come all the way out. And so it makes it difficult to get all of the dust out. But having a little mini handheld vacuum just makes it That's super easy. That's a really good idea. Yeah, we'll link that for you down in the show notes. But another tip is to have those frequently used items that you're using, you know, frequently as in all the time in a very easy to reach space and have those lesser used items in a separate location. Because as teachers, there are materials that we use all the time, but then there also are materials that we just don't need as often. I know personally, I have a container of mints that I give out to my students during testing time, which only happens a few times a year. So I have it on a shelf instead of right on my desk. It's kind of like in another area because I don't access it as often. So just kind of going through your supplies and thinking about, all right, what do I need on a daily basis and where can I put it that makes it easily accessible versus what do I not need as often and I can store in a less obvious location. Now, I know that I mentioned this just a second ago about having like the sorting bins, but I'm going to just reiterate it. You can use sorting bins to create separate spaces to reduce clutter. So instead of just having a drawer and you just dumping like all of your pins and your markers and your erasers and your whiteout and your, and your scissors all inside of that drawer, you can create individual spaces and be able to have a 
place for everything and everything in its place. How cute is that? But my favorite, guys, and I have to say, I think Michelle loves this one too, is that to get the ones from Walmart, you can buy like they're, I think they're like a gray color of these little storage spaces and they come in a pack of five, I believe. And so they're in different sizes, but those are by far my favorite storage bins to be able to create those individual spaces. And you can get them other places as well. I've gotten a pack from Big Lots where, again, they're all different sizes, but they fit together really nicely in the drawer, which is great. And then you also can get similar ones from Dollar Tree. They always are releasing different ones. So you want to make sure you get enough at one time that you'll fill up your drawers or else you'll never find them again. But they have, again, these containers that come in just different shapes and sizes, but they all coordinate together. Yeah. And so we're going to leave you some recommendations just from us down below in the show notes, just in case you're curious on which ones we use. And so as you're creating those separate storage spaces and you're starting to sort all of your items, you're going to notice that some items you don't have a lot of. So this is a great opportunity to replenish those items to ensure that you have enough of what you need and you're not spending time during the school day having to go and find those materials in a different space. And our last tip for you is to consider reorganizing your materials in a way that's going to better fit your needs. I'm going to give you all a quick example. When I was teaching fourth grade in my old classroom, because I did have to switch classrooms this year, I'm still teaching the same grade level, but I'm in a different room. I previously had a small bin that I kept by my document camera that held just a couple pens and scissors and glue, the things that I constantly needed as I was using my document camera. But then I had those same materials on the other side of my desk. And I'm like, why do I have these in two different locations? So when I moved classrooms, I decided to consolidate them to just one container and I kept that container by my document camera. So that way it was all in one place, but I could still easily access it where I needed. And you also have to remember that your needs are going to change throughout the year. So your teacher supplies organization may also need to change. Another quick example for you, I have started doing fluency folders with some of my students because I am teaching reading this year. And one of my incentives for students that have fluency folders is that they get to choose a scented colored marker to be able to color in their chart. And I previously was keeping these markers on my desk, but then I was doing their fluency folders at my back table. So they'd have to run up to my desk, pick out their marker, come back. And it was a waste of time. So I ended up just moving those scented colored markers to my back table because that's where I'm now using them. So the next area that we would recommend that you spring clean is going to be your paper filing system. Now, guys, I know for a fact that this is probably one of the most challenging areas for teachers to organize and to spring clean because we collect a lot of papers from professional developments that we attend, from meetings that we're attending, from notes that we're taking on our students to graded papers, to materials that we're passing out and we have extras of. It is just so unbelievably consuming to have all of these different papers everywhere. So this might be a challenging one, but it would be one that we know for a fact will really benefit you in the long run. So one of the areas that you need to do or or one of the tasks that you want to kind of complete is to file papers that need to be filed. So this means that you're going to have to sort those papers and file it. Now, you can do this a couple of different ways. One, you can, as you're kind of looking through papers that you're going through, you see a paper, you go and file it. Or you can sort it. 
papers to be filed, papers to be trashed. You have to kind of determine what works best for you and how much time you're going to have in the long run to complete this. Another thing that you can do with papers is to clean out the binders or the filing cabinet drawers. Now, this is a huge one. I know that I collected a lot of papers from some previous teachers that were in my classroom. And so I had to spend a lot of time just going through it and asking myself, am I really, really, really going to use this? And in the long run, no, probably not. And so I just needed to go ahead and get rid of it. And then that leads to the final thing. Get rid of those papers that you do not need. You have to be real with yourself and don't think, well, maybe, because if it's a maybe, I'm going to tell you, just get rid of it. Now, personally, when I think of getting rid of papers, I think about all those papers that pile up that I plan on grading. And a lot of times I don't end up grading them all because I just get too busy. So another part of going through your paper filing system is going through those papers that you planned on grading and deciding what's most important to grade. If it is important, go ahead and get it graded, get it sent back to your students. And if it's not important, either give it back to your students or you can put it in the recycling bin. Okay, let's be honest. We've all done it. Yeah, it's okay. Sometimes it it's true. Sometimes you just got to do it. On top of that, you can also spend some time adding labels to things that don't already have labels. A lot of times this means labeling your drawers, which makes it easier for you to find what you need when you need to find it in a rush. You also can label binder spines. I know personally, I have had to create new binders throughout the year for a new need that I have developed. For example, my school does something called CDM, which is collaborative decision making. It's basically a way for us to bring up students who we feel have either academic or behavior needs that are not being met, and we develop a plan to help meet that need, and we set a goal for them. Well, I this year have several students that have CDM plans. Um, in fact, I'm the only one in my grade level that has students with plans. So I'm having to organize a lot of data, and I needed a binder for it. So I created this binder, but I'll be honest, as of yet, I have not labeled the binder. It's just kind of sitting there a little naked in my cabinet. So that is one thing that I definitely need to do. And along that same line, our final tip is to decide if your system needs any improvements because as your needs change, your system has to adapt with it. I will be transparent with you all. I've always been very bad at getting copies made in advance. I was typically making them like the day of or the day before. But this year, I've actually got my life together and I've started making my copies up to two or three weeks in advance, which is great. But now I need a location to store those extra copies before they go into my weekly drawers because otherwise my weekly drawers would be busting at the seams. They'd be way too full. So I actually had to create a new drawer just to house all of those copies for the weeks ahead. All right, now we're moving on to another one and we have this one as manipulatives. So this is a big one because I think we have a lot of manipulatives, students are putting their hands in them and then let's just be real, my kids don't put them back where they're supposed to go. Like I find things all over the place. So cleaning out those manipulatives is going to be really important. And so here's what you can do. And I like to recruit my students for this one. This is a great one to recruit your students for because they can dump everything out. It gets them sorting. It gets them busy and they enjoy it, to be honest. They get to socialize while they're doing it. It's fun. Uh, but have them clean through the manipulatives and sort out any stray materials. So let's say they're looking through patterns 
pattern blocks and oops, I find a little counting bear or maybe I find a, a die that's inside of that, they have to take those out. Get rid of any of those broken materials that just don't work. They're not quite all the way there. Get rid of it. You don't need it. And then check for any misses, missing pieces if you are losing some. So for this, I'm thinking of maybe those uh, fraction strips. So if you have fraction strips and you're missing some of the pieces there, then maybe have them identify that they can write it on a sticky note. Now, once you clean through your manipulatives and sort through those stray materials, you need to decide which materials can be relocated, meaning you take them to a new room or a new grade level, or you store them in a closet you get them out of your room is the whole point. Or you can decide if they need to be actually trashed because they're broken, donated, or even taken home. I know in the past when I changed grade levels from second to fourth grade, I had manipulatives that I personally had purchased for my second graders that no longer were applicable to fourth grade. So I took them home and I stored them. And of course, don't forget that you want to clean out the inside of those bins. Take out those Clorox wipes, grab that handheld vacuum, and make sure that those bins are all nice and clean before you put those materials back in. And finally, make sure that you have any labels that you need to add placed on to those bins so that you have a very clearly defined space for you and your students on where those items belong. The fourth area we are going to recommend you spend some time spring cleaning is your teacher bag. You need to go through it, get rid of any trash that has piled up in your bag. I remember one of my first teacher bags, I had like a Chick-fil-A sauce that I had left in there and it ended up like busting open and got all on the inside of my bag. It was absolutely disgusting. So if I had done this more frequently, I wouldn't have had that problem. You also can take out those papers that need to be filed away like receipts that you've kept from purchases or maybe documents that you've gotten at school that you want to file away at home. Go ahead and take those out and remove them from your bag. And you also need to decide what are some of the items that you absolutely need to keep inside of your bag. So for me, I have to have screen cleaner for my iPad because I just hate it when it starts to get really like fingerprint icky. I use it quite often. And I also need to keep chapstick inside of my bag. It's something that I use on a daily basis. But you also need to determine what are the items that you can take out. So we're starting to get closer to where I don't really need to have my winter gloves inside of my bag anymore uh, for when I take the kids out for recess. So I can take those out, but I am starting to get into the time where it's a little bit more rainy. So I'm going to add an umbrella into my bag. So this is a great opportunity to really decide what do you want to keep in and what do you want to take out? It also is a great time to go ahead and give that bag a wash. Now, some bags obviously are not washable, but if yours is, throw it in that washing machine, give it a good rinse and give it some fresh life to help you finish out the year. And if you need to, or even if you just want to, you can even treat yourself to a new bag. There is no shame in that. Sometimes that can give you some renewed motivation for the rest of the school year. The final area that we want you to consider cleaning out is going to be your digital files. Guys, this is something recently that I've been doing myself, mainly because my computer has been a little bit slow. So it was a great time for me to do it. But it is important that even though we don't really see how much we have inside of our computers, it's important to clean it out. So this means going through and cleaning out those downloads folder. Holy mackerel, guys, I cannot tell you how many downloads I have had in that folder. It was ridiculous. And then also cleaning off your desktop so it's not so cluttered. 
You also need to clean out the documents folder on your computer. And this one is kind of twofold. Like Bridget saying, you need to go through and delete files that you don't need, but you also need to take those files and organize them into an online storage system or some other form of external storage system because things happen. Computers break and it's always when you least expect it and when it's going to interrupt your life the most. That's always when it happens. Oh yeah. So be proactive. Go ahead and move those files over. And as you move them, you need to organize them. This could be on a flash drive, an external hard drive, Dropbox, or Google Drive. I personally am a huge fan of Google Drive, and I think Bridget agrees. Girl, I told you I cleaned out my entire Google Drive. It is the best feeling ever. And I did it following that video that you put up on YouTube a little while back. So we'll link that for you down in the show notes, because that can definitely help you with this step. But just make sure you get those documents from your computer into another form of storage just in case something happens and put them into the folders or delete them. Now, we have thrown a lot of information your way in this episode, and we don't want you to feel overwhelmed. So Bridget and I have developed a freebie to help you out. We have created a classroom spring cleaning checklist that you can download again for free, and it can help you through this process. So make sure you head over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com slash 014 to be able to download that free checklist. Now, if you are listening to us on iTunes, we would absolutely love for you to leave us a review and a rating. Guys, this really does help to promote our podcast, to get it out there so that other teachers can listen to it. And we just would love to see what you guys have to say about it. Um, So be sure to go and leave us a review. We'll leave a link down below so that you can do that. And also, if you are not subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and subscribe. So that way, every Thursday, you'll have our new episode in your downloads. And on top of that, don't forget, go to www.teachingonthedouble.com. And on our homepage, you will find a link for TSH. We want to hear what your time sucking hurdle is so that you can be featured on our next podcast. So until next time, everyone, be timely, stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.